0: Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. I want to thank everybody who participated in our online auction, and it is closed. It's been closed for a week now, and I appreciate your supporting us. I also want to tell you about an event that's happening this weekend up in Scottsdale. It's the 18th annual Desert Dog Police K-9 Trials, and it's a public safety expo. There's going to be over 70 K-9 teams competing against each other this is a free event it sounds pretty exciting if you are interested in learning more about it go to our lawmatters1030.org website and on the events page there's a big flyer that will give you the address the times and all the information you need i also want to say that the sheriff's department has sent out a psa we posted it on our blog page lawmatters1030.org and it's regarding proposition 207 which goes into effect on the 20th of April. So <laughs> so if you want to know what the sheriff thinks about that proposition, go to our website and check it out. In the studio this morning, we have special agent with the DEA, Aaron. Thank you for joining me. Good morning, thank you. I'd like to know a little bit about you. What got you involved with uh, law enforcement?
1: Well, since I was a little kid, I was interested in law enforcement. And then as I got older, I'm kind of a science person. So I started looking actually at crime scene. And that was what I was going to college for was, um, I did chemistry and biology. And then when I graduated from college, I basically just kind of started applying everywhere. So I applied to Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department in Las Vegas, Nevada, since that's where I was. Um, But I also applied to the Drug Enforcement Administration. I got hired on by Las Vegas Metro first. So I was in their crime scene academy. Um, But then I got the call from DEA, which afforded more opportunities to move around and travel and not work graveyard shift my entire career <laughs> <laughs> so I took the DEA and went there and that was 17 years ago
0: so where all of you been deployed to
1: um, pretty much just two states so I went back to Las Vegas for a little while out of our academy and then I went to New Mexico and then a few years ago I moved here to Arizona
0: in which is the best state uh, Arizona of course okay <laughs> 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 I want to talk a little bit about Um, doctors prescribing drugs. Okay. Um, And I've told this before. I went to the dentist. He prescribed just this huge amount of pain pills that I actually didn't need at all. What is the situation? How How do you keep these people accountable for when they're doing this?
1: So a few years ago, DEA created what we call our tactical diversion squads. And those units are made up of special agents and then our diversion investigators. And our job in those units is to basically take care of anything that's pharmaceutical controlled substances. So we do take any investigations that would be criminal investigations against registrants, which registrants would be physicians that are prescribing. And it would also be pharmacies that have DEA registrations. Um, so we'll look at different things, whether it's a tip that comes into DEA from, you know, somebody who got overprescribed or a family member that was. Um, we can also look at some of our data. So there's different reporting things for different controlled substances. So we can see like if a particular doctor is getting too much of that controlled substance, then we might take a look. Um, So those units are all over the country now. Most of our divisions have more than one, like for Phoenix, which is my division, we have one housed in Phoenix and one housed here in Tucson. And that's our sole priority is to look at those cases. And then if there's criminal charges that we'll bring those through our United States Attorney's Office. If there's not criminal charges, at least we can do some kind of sanctioning on their registrations. And typically we'll work hand in hand with whatever overseeing board they have. So if if it's the medical board for a medical doctor or the dental board for a dentist and share our case information with them so they can also take action on their licensing.
0: So if something happens to a doctor or dentist who's over prescribing a certain drug, do they get dismissed from their job?
1: That really depends on who they're working for. Like, obviously they'll get noticed, particularly because we share with the medical board or the whatever their overseeing board is. So right. if, if there's some action taken on their license, their employer will know about that. And then they'll have to base their employment off that action on the license. So for us, the only action we take is on their DEA registration. And all that simply gives them is the ability to prescribe controlled substances. That's why we definitely want to share with the boards so that they can decide whether they need to suspend their license or revoke their license based on whatever it is they're doing. So is that suspension
0: or being revoked, is that just in the state, in the county, or is it national?
1: It's just the state. So So they
0: could move to another state. and
1: Correct. But that new state should be checking their licensing and seeing that Arizona had some kind of...
0: Due diligence. Yes. Mm -hmm. To make sure... What about pharmacies how do you how do you keep track of pharmacies?
1: so pharmacies are also registered through the drug enforcement administration they do get a dea registration and then that is basically our diversion investigators are the ones that that runs through so if somebody is applying for a dea registration it goes through that program they check the stuff in the licensing to make sure that there's somebody that can have a license and then annually depending on what it is they go to do checks on them. So for a pharmacy, there's very specific things they have to have like safes, what stays in that safe, whether it's a schedule two, and I, we might need to go through that. So our, What's a schedule two. So our controlled substances are done in schedules based on their abuse potential. Um, so schedules one through five are what they are. One is anything that's illicit. So heroin, for example, would be a schedule one. Schedule two is anything that would be a prescription, but has a high potential for abuse. So oxycodone would fall in there. And then three, four, and five, obviously getting less and less. So an example of five would be promethazine with codeine, basically the cough syrup with codeine in it. Um, So for pharmacies, they have different regulations. Like obviously a schedule two has more potential for abuse and maybe to get stolen. So that has to be locked up in a certain manner compared to the other ones. And our diversion investigators are the ones that go do the checks to make sure they're following the rules
0: so if you walk into a pharmacy and they they don't have this stuff in place do you close the place down how does that
1: work they don't necessarily get closed down so the diversion investigators will do basically what's called an on-site inspection and they'll go through everything with them and then depending on like what they're violating it might just be a hey, here's the stuff you're violating and we're gonna write a memorandum of understanding saying we've talked to you about this and these are the fixes you need to be making and then we'll come back out and check you again. And there will be a certain time frame, usually that they have. Like 30 days or? It just depends on what it is obviously. Okay. Like if it's very egregious, then it's, hey, you need to fix it now. If it's something that's not so bad, we're gonna give you this time to fix it. We'll come back and check on you. And the memorandums will stay in place for differing times too, depending on what it is. Well, they'll continue to go check on them to make sure they're following the rules. Um, But other times it could be a revocation. It just really depends on like what they're doing wrong, but there is a legal process as well. So even if we were going to do a revocation, like it would be similar to any other criminal case other than it's civil, where we have to write, you know, like an affidavit or something that we're going to present in order to get the order to revoke. And then they will have their their time to see a judge and say, no, we didn't deserve to have our revocation.
0: And what judge do they go in front of? Is federal?
1: So if it's criminal, yes. If it's a civil matter and it's running through the Drug Enforcement Administration, then we have administrative law judges that are out of Washington, DC. And those are usually the ones that hear like the those cases about licensing.
0: Do you have secret shoppers? we have what do you have secrets shoppers
1: oh that go into the pharmacies no
0: <laughs> no no just thought it
1: it's usually more off of tips and stuff so i would say since i work on the criminal side more than the diversion side some of the things we see that are coming out of pharmacies more is prescription fraud so not really just you know sometimes the pharmacies aren't doing the best job of paying attention to their prescriptions i've seen some really blatant ones and this is probably the worst of it so don't think all pharmacies are this way but stuff will be misspelled on the prescription and they'll fill it and i'm like they didn't even spell the street name properly for the doctor's office
0: (laughs) (laughs) so what is that somebody swiped somebody's
1: that runs the gamut so not so much anymore because i think a lot of doctors have gone to e-prescribing and different stuff so there's not as much script pad swiping but that did happen back in the day because doctors leave their script pads there and you're sitting in there and you take it Uh, more what we're seeing now is they'll actually get prescription paper online and manufacture one using a computer and they get the da numbers from different places there used to be websites up that you could pay a membership fee for to get we've since taken those down thankfully (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's pres- but you can also get it from right going to the doctor and getting a prescription yourself now you have his dea registration and then you basically manufacture one and
0: wow go in yeah that's going into a lot of effort to get drugs illegal drugs yes so
1: we actually have a lot of that
0: <laughs> and they do what they take them or they sell them
1: both both it depends we have big rings and obviously those ones are selling them um some of them are more just people that are addicted to drugs who you know their doctor's not prescribing them enough to cover their habit anymore so they'll start doing script fraud to make up for the difference
0: well you would think a doctor would know or a pharmacist would know if somebody keeps coming in for the same thing you know week after week or whatever
1: well we've Helped with that in some instances. Most states now have what's called the prescription monitor report. So that goes to the board of pharmacy for whatever state you are. So any controlled substances that are filled basically get pushed into this program. So now if I'm a pharmacist and you come in with a prescription and let's say you're new to me, so I don't know you and you're getting an oxycodone prescription, I can run you in that system and see, have you gotten this drug before? Did you fill it at another pharmacy? oh, I look, you've been to five different pharmacies in the last week. I'm probably not going to fill this for you because I see what you're doing.
0: Do people use fake IDs a lot to cover this type of activity?
1: We have had that. Um, They do a lot of fake names on the prescriptions, but we've also seen fake IDs used to pick them up. Arizona doesn't actually have a law for having to present an ID at pickup. So it's not as much an issue on the ID side. So they'll use a fake patient name some pharmacies will require that you show an id to pick up
0: depending on what the drug is i've seen people just you know i'm here to pick up for my neighbor yeah and you know okay here pay for this
1: obviously they're a lot better with schedule two so if i'm going in to get oxy because they know it's abused so much they're probably going to ask for an id versus if i go in to get the promethazine with codeine which is a huge problem right now there's a ton of that out there but they're probably not going to ask for an id on it because it's a schedule five Other states actually do require that, regardless of what it is, Schedule 2 through 5, you show an ID to pick up a prescription. Like, it's actually a statute in other states, but Arizona does not currently have that. We should have that. I think we should, but that's my personal opinion. (laughs) Well, I think it would
0: probably save a lot of lives if people had to be jumping through a few more hoops before they... What about homemade drugs?
1: So we're seeing more of that with the illicit uh counterfeit ones obviously it's been coming across the border for a few years now um pills that are manufactured to look like oxycodone so m30 would be an example of that one side has the m the other side has the 30. and if you were to go to pillidentifier.com or one of the poison control websites it'll tell you that that's an oxycodone 30 milligram pill from a certain manufacturer Um, so the cartels have been making those pills for several years now that look like they're oxycodone but They've tested for heroin. Now they're usually fentanyl. Uh, so those have been coming across the border for quite some time. But over the last few years, we've been seeing that we're getting more and more actual tablet labs here in the US. So it's coming across in the powder form and then getting turned into those tablets here in the US using the pill press machines.
0: Tell me about these pill press machines.
1: So pill press machine is basically a machine that you use where you pour the powder into it. And depending on what it is, they go from being hand crank ones to actual motorized ones. It'll turn it into a pill for you and you buy a punch die. So that's the part that's going to be the pressure for the pill to create it. And the punch die will have the marking on it, whatever it may be. It could be a blank one like most vitamins are, or it may have like an M and a 30 on it, which will imprint that onto the pill. There's different... Obviously, there are legal uses for them. People make vitamins. Um, So there are websites where you can go buy these. There are legal websites. And anybody can get on and buy one. And the only regulations we have on pill presses right now is that the seller or importer, depending on what it may be, has to notify DEA that this transaction has taken place and they're supposed to know their customer. So if an importation takes place, from say China into the US, then a form has to go to DEA saying it happened. If I'm a company in the US and I sell it to you, then I also have to notify DEA that I've sold you the machine and provide your information. And I'm supposed to know you, but the know you part is where we're having some issues because we're definitely seeing these machines end up in the hands of people that are doing illicit tableting labs, even though what they'll typically say is they're making vitamins. We've seen they're making candy stuff like that but really they're ending up in illicit tableting labs and we're seeing that more and more
0: well how does a person get this whatever it is that they're making pills with the product that goes into the pill press machine where does that come from
1: so I get online and I buy my pill press machine and I say I'm gonna make vitamins if I'm a smart crook I use somebody who doesn't have any criminal history but that doesn't necessarily get checked so it doesn't necessarily matter I have it shipped to a house somewhere, but I'm probably gonna move it from that house to another house. I still have access to the drugs, just like I've always had access to. So rather than already getting it tableted as an M30, I get fentanyl, straight fentanyl from whoever my drug connection is. And then you need a binder, which binders are not illegal because also they're used for regular legitimate stuff. So I can bind the binder online. Some companies already have the binder pre-ready, colored and everything, so I can order a light blue binder online that looks like your M30 pill. I combine that with whatever active ingredient I choose. So let's use fentanyl in this case cuz that's what we're mostly seeing. And I pour that into my tableting machine and I make pills. And for I don't know, a couple thousand dollars, I can get a TDP5 that seems to be the most popular one and it makes about 4000 pills an hour. A TD TDP5?
0: P5. That's a pill-making machine. Mm-hmm. Good grief. Okay. But <laughs> you're talking binders and all this. I'm thinking Gorilla Glue. Okay, <laughs> what do you... I would be horrible. Don't buy any pills from me. It's just not going <laughs> to well, be good for you. Well, that's the problem
1: is they're not necessarily <laughs> good at it either. So if I didn't mix it properly, maybe I give you a pill that's straight fentanyl with not a lot of binder in it. Or maybe I give you a pill that doesn't have much fentanyl in it. Wow. So we're definitely seeing a rise in overdose deaths from fentanyl pills
0: there's there's not a specific recipe that goes into this it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that
1: well i think they get better at it over time like all of us right but yeah and mixing is the big issue did they mix it well or did we end up with more fentanyl here than we had another one
0: so this could kill you it's not a good idea to do this so what what is dea doing to control this
1: so right now, because we're in the diversion program and that the, the form they fill out for the transfer goes into the diversion program. So we get notice of all of those forms depending on what diversion your unit in. So anything that would be coming to t- my Tucson area responsibility on that form comes would come to our unit and we have to physically go and try to check the machine. So if you ordered it, I'm going to go to your house, knock on your door and say, hey, I you know, I got information that you ordered this machine. Like, I'd like to talk about what you're using it for, what you show it to me. So we do try to do checks on them. The statute's not great. So I may or may not get to see the machine from you. And let's assume that you didn't move it somewhere else or that they use some bogus name. Cause if it is, then I have nothing to go check.
0: Wow so this is going on and, and we have no control correct there ought to be a law
1: i think we should make our statutes a little stronger than they are personally i mean it does they do have to fill out the form but it's more of a civil sanction at the end of the day unless i can prove intent on them selling it to you to manufacture so so if somebody
0: let's say you do have somewhat of a paper trail and somebody is making this uh, pretend drug and it actually kills somebody, how far up the line can the responsibilities be? You know, the person who manufactured the pill thing and didn't do their due diligence to make sure it was going to a credible source? And can it? how far up the line can it go if somebody is going to be held responsible?
1: I think it would depend on the transaction that took place between whoever the company is selling it to the drug manufacturer. Like, obviously we're gonna get the drug manufacturer for the death resulting in, as long as we have the direct sale from the overdose death to the drug manufacturer, or even the overdose death to, let's say the real retail supplier, and then the drug manufacturer. But between the drug manufacturer and the pill press company, it really does depend. I mean, if it looked like a good sale and everything else, unless we had communication between the company selling it and the drug manufacturer definitely showing he should have known that's what this guy was doing, we're probably not going to get them on anything. Cause again, the machines have a legitimate use for different things. So, you know, maybe strengthening what we consider the due diligence part of it is where we need to be. So, If I need to know you, what is know you? Do I need to have access to a system to be able to run criminal histories? Do I need to know like the credit card you're using goes to this place just so I know you're more of a legitimate person, you don't have a criminal history, you do have this business or you're buying a smaller one because you wanna make your own vitamins that you're gonna take, but I know you're a real person and you're going to a real house and you don't have prior criminal drug history. So there's different size machines too? Yes, so I can do a small handheld vice one where I just make some smaller amount of pills. Like obviously I'm not going to manufacture that many per hour using that. All the way up to like the TDP-5 is kind of the middle of the line. So there are what's called rotary presses and those make in the 30,000 pills an hour range. Oh my God, (laughs) I had no idea. (laughs) And it looks more like a telephone booth size. That TDP-5 is... It'll fit on the desk. Okay. I'm showing you with my hands, nobody can see that. If it'll <laughs> fit on a desk. It weighs maybe a couple hundred pounds, so it would be hard for one person to move, but a couple people could move that.
0: Wow, you have to be really serious about what you're doing to get one of these. Yeah. That's a little crazy. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a few. Daylight is fading, and the temperature is dropping. You're not only cold, hungry, and lost in a densely wooded area you're injured. Time is of the essence. SARCi is a highly trained team of dedicated volunteers who work closely with Pima County Search and Rescue to help people in critical situations just like this. To join an exclusive team of heroes, go to SARCi.org. That's S-A-R-C-I.org. We need your knowledge, experience, and of course, your generous spirit hi this is sherry if you think your current interest rate is high and refinancing is on your mind give me a call at 520-310-9900 maybe you're thinking about purchasing a new home while rates are low give me a call at 520-310-9900 perhaps you just want to know how a reverse mortgage can improve your life give me a call at 520-310-9900 i can help you with all your mortgage needs and i look forward to hearing from you
1: thanks to report suspected human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center at 1-888-373-7888 or text HELP or INFO to two three three seven three three. To learn more about Homeland Security investigations and our efforts to combat human trafficking, please visit our website at www.ice.gov or check out the DHS Blue Campaign at www.dhs.gov bluecampaign. For more information on the Southern Arizona Anti-Trafficking Unified Response Network, please visit us at www.saturn.org or find us on Facebook. Hi, this is Maya inviting me to join Law Matters live show every Saturday morning at 8. On our next show, AFCA, that's Armed Forces Communications and Electronic Association, will give us the inside scoop. So get your questions ready and join our conversation at 790-2040. Law Matters podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and of course, lawmatters1030.org. Until then, shop local and stay safe. thanks for
0: staying with us our guest today is special agent Aaron, who works with the dea and we're talking about drugs and everything that goes along with that the illegal portion of it where apparently people buy these pill making machines and they sell grandma's recipe whose recipe are they selling and these illegal drugs where do they get the recipes
1: so a lot of that is communication amongst themselves we've done some work where i had an actual drug guy that was teaching us how to use one because that's we bought a tdp5 and he's basically telling us what he would use for it so what his conversion was so i think there's a lot of that i haven't actually looked but i would bet there's versions of it on reddit as well because we've found other stuff on reddit like how to do prescription frauds on there for sure wow
0: You would think they'd have to take those sites down.
1: I think when they get noticed by law enforcement, they'll end up doing it. But like we have to find it and then notice them, hey, you probably should pull this down. I know some websites have gotten better about having keyword searches to find different things and they will pull those sites down based on them. Cool. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's a little bit of a help. What kind of training do you go through? I mean, this is a lot. You can't just walk in and say, oh, I I know all this. What kind of training do you go through?
1: So we start with our DEA Academy, which has changed over the years. Um, Where is that located? uh, Quantico, Virginia. So it's with the FBI Academy. Uh, I'm getting to be a little bit of a dinosaur since I've been on a while. It was 12 weeks when I came on. I think we're back up to 19 weeks now. Oh, wow. You actually live there um, in basically kind of dorm rooms. And they go through the gamut of training. So we learn firearms, obviously. We learn how to do like entries for search warrants on houses, how to do surveillance. Um, And then we have our legal portion where they're teaching us the different laws. We have drug identification section where they teach us about different drugs. So you do that at the academy. Then you come out and you have a four month field training, one where you're basically assigned to a senior agent who is supposed to teach you How to do everything in the field and then after that it's a lot of on the job training i mean we do have different continuing education training so when i originally came over into tactical diversion which was in 2009 was the first time i came over um, they sent me to a school so i actually got to learn a little bit more of what our diversion investigators do since they do a really different job than we do Um, And then, like I said, a lot of on-the-job training, so I learned a lot of what I know now about diversion just from working in the fields, from doing the cases.
0: If somebody has a degree as a pharmacist, should they be applying with
1: DEA? Uh, That would be wonderful. There's different places out there. So in New Mexico, which I was previously assigned to, their board of pharmacy actually has inspectors, which are similar to our diversion investigators, but they are law enforcement as well, and they're all pharmacists. So a lot of what I learned was from them because they were great to work with because they're an actual pharmacist, right. but they're also a cop. So so if somebody
0: has a degree as a pharmacist and then they go to school to, or do they have to go someplace local first, like TPD, or can they just apply for DEA?
1: They could just apply for DEA. We don't require form or prior law enforcement necessarily. Like a lot of our people have it, but we don't require it. Uh, requirement is a degree but it's only a bachelor's degree so for the most part they could apply and probably walk on
0: so to apply for the DEA you don't have to have a college degree no you do you do
1: yeah there's some exceptions but it's usually that you've had a lot of prior so we we have what's called a task force officer so a local law enforcement officer who gets assigned to the DEA so A lot of them can get hired on with us without a degree because they have, let's say eight years of of experience basically doing our job because they've been doing it with us as a local law enforcement officer assigned to us. But very rarely does somebody make it through our process that doesn't have a bachelor's degree of some sort.
0: Is it a difficult process?
1: Um, It's long, uh, difficult i wouldn't say that there's just so much to it so you have the interview obviously there's a written portion because they do make sure that we can write since we do a ton of that um the physical test so a pt test that you're going to take it's running push-ups and sit-ups now um and then we do a psych evaluation super fun 400 question test
0: (laughs) i think they should do that for the presidency
1: (laughs) Possibly. I just,
0: you know, just <laughs> a thought.
1: Um, oh, and then a background investigation, which is probably the longest, maybe hardest part, because they will go back into your history for a really long time—ten years at least. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah,
0: that's a long time. <laughs> How long does it take to go through this process with DEA? I know with the FBI, it could be a couple of years.
1: D- DEA is similar, yeah, a couple of years.
0: That's insane. Yes. So you may as well go out and get a job, put your application in and keep your fingers crossed.
1: But most people do, which do, is why I was with Las Vegas Metro before DEA because obviously their process was faster.
0: Yes. And all the agencies are hiring right now. I believe so. Yeah. Everybody's looking for help. TPD. They're sheriff. definitely
1: looking for help. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think, What do you the difference between when I was growing up, maybe when you were growing up, and the approach towards law enforcement it just seems so different these days i think the kids nowadays think that you know some marvel character is going to swoop in and save the day (laughs) nobody's training to do the job or interested in making their community better so what you know what kind of words of encouragement would you give somebody who is on the fence doesn't know what they want to do
1: i think we still have a lot of kids out there that are interested Maybe they don't want to voice it as much because the atmosphere is not as great as it used to be. But I do think it's a very rewarding job and you get an opportunity to make your community better. I mean, drugs are a huge problem in our community. So anything we can do to help with that, I think is 100% a reward to the community. And it's small rewards over the years, but you enjoy them and...
0: Being able to help people. Nowhere
1: else do you get the job that we get or we get the freedoms we get. You know what I mean? Like obviously i have a schedule that i adhere to but it's flexible because some nights i might work till one o'clock in the morning which means i might not show up till 10 the next day there's days where i spend the day out at the range shooting and doing tactical stuff instead of sitting at a desk i've flown all over the place i've gone to other countries like it's such a fun job 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 related what other countries have you gone to i've been to uh england i would got family there yeah so nowhere else would you get to do that like yeah one day i'm playing on the rain shooting guns the next day i'm in london england
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's a job if you don't want the same old same old it's It's, definitely different every day is going to be different
1: and you will look back on your job and laugh about all the funny stuff that happened over the years too
0: yeah i think um everybody should have a little bit of community service in this environment in their resume so i want to talk about the problem on the border with with the drugs coming over the border what what's going on now i know for a while there they were you know catapulting pills over and drugs over and using people with backpacks you know throwing that over the wall what's going on at the border right now
1: I'd say it's similar to what it has been. Obviously, they changed. changed. (laughs) No, they change up the mo here and there. To you know, if they think we're focusing a certain place, they'll change it up a little bit. But it still comes across in varying forms, whether it's hidden in a vehicle, hidden on a person, hidden in a person. I mean, they get creative and they bring it across.
0: I had this going back several years. I had somebody on that said that they they used horses, ingested. The pills and the horse or in some baggies or whatever and i'm like my god that's disgusting Have get you...
1: creative i've yeah. heard it on cattle i haven't heard it on horses but it wouldn't surprise me
0: <laughs> speaking of horses you're a volunteer for an organization in town i think this is really remarkable tell us about that
1: i am a volunteer i volunteer at therapeutic riding of tucson which they call trot it is a horsemanship program that works with kids with disabilities well People with disabilities, I work with kids because I volunteer on Saturdays. Um, so different varying disabilities, I know one of the classes they have during the week is for veterans, so it's all veterans that ride. They actually learn to do it all on their own, obviously um, tacking, riding. They were doing a tracking class with them, which I really wanted to do because that sounded like tons of fun. Um, so they are over off of Woodland, they're always looking for volunteers and we're now breaking ground on a new, um, covered arena that will have misters and stuff so we can try to have more programs over the summer as well because we usually take a break in the summer due to the heat so everybody should check it out super fun program
0: so what is what is their mission you say that veterans you know military veterans
1: military veterans but it's all people with disabilities so like my particular class is all um younger kiddos with disabilities depending on what it is there's kids with autism um There are kids with physical disabilities and the horses act in different ways so some of the kids that let's say are wheelchair bound the way a horse moves mimics the way a person walks better than anything out there so it can help somebody who's wheelchair bound actually be able to sit up better on their own that kind of stuff because the horses walking actually mimics more us walking so it helps their muscles
0: okay i hadn't thought about that with the uh, veterans is this a ptsd situation
1: or yes ptsd is for the most part what the veterans have when they're there but there are other ones that have obviously physical disabilities and stuff as well so how long is that
0: how long has that program been going on do you know
1: oh they've been around for like 50 years i believe i've only been volunteering there for the last two but they've been around a long time
0: very cool yeah that's very commendable
1: I love the program. Well, I love horses and I love kids, so... So it all worked out. Yes. (laughs) That is my happy Saturday morning.
0: (laughs) See, and this is what I do Saturday morning. I come (laughs) over here and and find out what's going on from you. And I know you've got a take-back program. We do. So So, I want to talk about that in the different locations where people can take their drugs, unnecessary drugs...
1: That is next Saturday, the 24th, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's called the National Take Back Initiative. We do we normally do it every six months. It got a little hairy, obviously, the last... Uh, Couple of months. Last year because of COVID, but it is back up and running. And I am going to give you guys a website because there's multiple locations all over the state. So it'll be easier for somebody to go plug their information in on the website and they can find somewhere close to them. Okay. We will take back anything. Obviously, we're super excited to take back controlled substances, like you were discussing your dentist, where maybe you filled those pills and didn't take them. Those are ripe right for the picking if somebody comes over to your house to steal them. So we would love for you to bring those back to us, but we'll take anything, um, vitamins, whatever that you want to get rid of. And it's the website is takebackday.dea.gov. And when you go to that main page, if you go about halfway down, there's a collector site locator, and you can just plug your information in there, and it'll bring up a site close to you.
0: Okay, and if you go to the lawmatters1030.org to the DEA tab, it also has a locator on there so that you can, all these drugs that you have laying around your house, make it sound like they have closets full of drugs. (laughs) You
1: would be surprised.
0: I probably (laughs) would be. (laughs) Unfortunate. Very unfortunate. So, talking about drugs, sometimes I've heard drugs can be too old or or they get old, they get more potent, and sometimes they get old and they become less potent. It's just not safe to be taking a drug after its expiration date. Is that true?
1: That's true so i taught for a while with a pharmacy student who educated us all in that and some of the drugs actually particularly antibiotics sometimes can have like counter interactions if they've expired so i would definitely clean out my expired drugs because you don't know
0: you don't know what the a pharmacist true
1: (laughs) true that so yes any expired drugs any controlled substances you're not using i would get rid of those how
0: about needles
1: uh we don't take sharps at the take back uh inhalers we're taking now um they were harder for us to get rid of but we don't take sharps so i would try to maybe look that up and see i think a lot of the pharmacies have sharps containers that you can get to dispose of those
0: and what about these vaping devices do you take those not really
1: i'll have to look on the website because i'm not sure on the vaping devices inhalers were hit or miss over the years but we've been taking those more recently
0: well, I'm not really sure how vaping devices work, but I hear cartridges are involved. You'd take the cartridges back if somebody's, you know,
1: going to be actually, smart
0: enough to quit.
1: <laughs> Bring it down. We'll figure it out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, is there somebody there at all these locations from DEA?
1: There's not somebody from DEA at all the locations. There is supposed to be law enforcement at all of them, so we partner with our local law enforcement agencies and that's who's manning the sites now obviously dea can't be at all of them if we do our job and get enough sites out there um so it's normally a local law enforcement partner advice that will be manning the site
0: i think um tpd and their headquarters they have a take back box where you can just throw the drugs into that and i think the sheriff's department does too
1: yeah most of the law enforcement local law enforcement now actually normally keep the boxes throughout the year instead of just doing the biannual with us. Um, but they do partner with us during the biannual one where we actually collect everything.
0: What do you do with it after you collect it?
1: We burn it. Not us personally, we take it somewhere and burn it, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think Yeah, you can sniff, sniff.
0: Everybody's getting high in the community and it's because you're burning all the pills.
1: We burn it at an appropriate facility where they have their (laughs) EPA stuff in place. (laughs) Okay. It's gotten very expensive because of that, but yes. (laughs)
0: Okay, I want to talk about rehab. People, there's so many opportunities in Arizona to get off the drugs and not be addicted. There's just really no excuse to be a drug addict unless it's your choice and your lot in life. So... How does the DEA help people or advise people where to go and what to do to get off drugs? Do they?
1: I can't say that we necessarily advise people where to go. Um,
0: I tell people where to go all the time. <laughs> we Not would probably refer them
1: more them. to somebody, like here's somebody you can contact. I would say DEA's more version of maybe be involved in rehab is... Um, through washington dc they've now created the program with doctors that can actually prescribe buprenorphine um and that's
0: something that's going to help you get so off. that's
1: suboxone which will actually help you with opiates so now instead of let's say having to go to a methadone clinic mm-hmm. i can go to my personal doctor if he prescribes buprenorphine and i can actually seek treatment from him instead of having to go to a methadone clinic which can be helpful, I think, depending on what you're doing, because maybe there's a stigma of me going to a methadone clinic. Right. If I go to my regular doctor, nobody knows what I'm doing. I go to my regular doctor and I get Suboxone prescribed to me, and it's similar to being able to go and getting methadone to help me get off heroin or fentanyl or any of the opiates. What kind of a treatment is
0: that? Is is that something you would have to, like, be weaned off of it through your regular doctor that, you know, you've got enough wherewithal yourself and enough desire because it takes desire to get off drugs that you know they just keep monitoring you until they wean you off of it
1: that would be the ultimate goal yes so it is it's basically like a blocker so it's going to block the heroin if that's what you're trying to do and you're not going to get as high as if you had it so they would start you at whatever dose and hopefully wean you down if like you said you seek obviously you're probably going to need to go to some other counseling unless your doctor does that as well to try to help you with what was leading to the addiction in the first place. And then hopefully wean off.
0: Do you find a lot of people just accidentally got hooked on drugs and, you know, like their dentist (laughs) or their doctor, they had surgery and all of a sudden they're on these pain pills that they can't seem to live without.
1: I do think, you know, going back 10 years, that was a huge problem because we had the problems with oxycodone then. And I think plenty of doctors out there didn't realize how addictive it was. And yes, we're probably prescribing it in cases maybe they shouldn't have, or just weren't realizing that patients were starting to overuse it because they didn't realize the addiction level of it. So we've had those in the past. Um, I definitely think like younger kids, we probably should pay a little bit more attention to because you know, let's say a sports injury for a high school student Maybe pay a little bit more attention because obviously kids want to experiment anyway, right? Like I'm going to go try marijuana as a kid because I'm curious. So now I have this super potent opiate that I got prescribed for a surgery. Like as a parent, I probably need to pay a little more attention to that. Like I can say when my son had his wisdom teeth out, I did not fill the in. I was like, let's try the ibuprofen first. Yes. And if it doesn't work, then we will go get the stronger stuff. No. And see what happens.
0: Well. It- typically you want to know whether you're hurting or not and if you're hurting and it's controllable with you know ibuprofen that's the choice Wait, a listener call in and they said for sharps and i'm assuming you mean needles knives machetes <laughs> listeners can go to the pima county website and there's supposed to be something on there that tells them what to do who called in you don't know and it says also will dea take back liquid drugs yes yeah
1: we will okay what is a liquid drug A cough syrup let's say oh promethazine with codeine yes we'll take those okay so
0: (laughs) (laughs) when i think drugs i don't think liquid drugs (laughs) so um,
1: well there's some antibiotics that are too normally prescribed to kids but okay i don't remember getting amoxicillin back in the day little
0: pink in a drawer <laughs> yeah and you had to shake it to make it okay and used in hospice is that what you're telling me okay i'm talking to john in the studio he's typing on the board <laughs> telling me what people are saying behind my back whoever that caller was have him call back in i want to know who it was and and where on the pima county website you can go to to find out what to do with all this so if you're listening, call back in. We want to know what what you're talking about. And it's probably somebody from Pima County. I also want to remind people that there is a PSA on our website from Pima County regarding Proposition 207. And I think everybody needs to listen to it. It's a, It's actually a little video. Listen to it and keep that in mind when you're using your now legal marijuana substances. so what is the takeaway what do you want people to understand about DEA about your job and about drugs in general
1: hmm about DEA for those of you that are younger and you're thinking about it definitely come see us because we're always looking for great new people to join us in our war on drugs Um, I think having done this for the last 17 years and seen what it does to people's lives that people should be very aware and pay attention to, to their family members, to people around them in hopes to stop them from becoming addicted to drugs. I mean, I've been in houses where you would not believe how somebody's living and it's because the drugs have taken over their lives and there's not running water, there's not electricity, there's not...
0: Because they're spending their money on drugs.
1: Yes, yes.
0: What is, you've got a family member what is their responsibility? They know they've got somebody in in their house and under their roof who's addicted to drugs. Shouldn't they be doing intervention, trying to help this person get off the drugs?
1: I think most families try at some point, but obviously like you indicated, unless the drug addict is ready to start making some changes, I'm not sure there's a lot the family can do. They can try to encourage them and get them into rehabilitation of some sort, but somebody's gotta be willing to work the program as well. So as a family member, like you can love them and support them, but support them in a healthy way. Like probably don't continue to give them access to the money that's gonna give them access to the drugs.
0: Yeah, that's called tough love. Yes. Absolutely. So what else about the, about the job, about people applying for your job? Where do they go to apply?
1: uh obviously you can go to our website which is the dea.gov website um our main recruiter is out of our phoenix division so if you're coming out of arizona then um you can contact our phoenix division recruiter she should be on our website um and just
0: want to sit down and have a one-on-one talk with somebody what am i getting into
1: yes and she'll walk you through the process and talk to you about like what you're looking for and the realities of the job i mean it can be a grueling job so you need to know what you're getting on our hours can be crazy like I said I can work till 2 a.m. one day and still have to go do an eight-hour shift the next day it just depends but it's fun it's rewarding so
0: what arrests have you made that we might know about
1: what arrests have I made Um, well since we've been talking about practitioners prescribing there was one in Benson I'll let, I'll let everybody figure out. <laughs> we, he did get arrested for, um, trafficking and controlled substance. Cause that's the actual charge that we would charge a practitioner with if they're, um, we've been calling it over prescribing, but the tr- reality is it's prescribing outside the scope of me- scope of medical practice. So if I'm prescribing you something and there's not a legitimate medical reason for it, now I'm just a drug trafficker. Oh, so they get charged with trafficking, um, but he also got charged with murder for hire.
0: <laughs> I want to know who this was.
1: <laughs> murder for hire. I know it's been in the news, so everybody should be able to find it. <laughs> okay, we worked that with FBI part though, because that's their their uh, gig right there.
0: So somebody who murdered
1: for hire, murder for hire. I've done two of those since I've come to Arizona, and I've never worked that before until now. <laughs>
0: And people in Arizona are angry, I guess. <laughs>
1: murder for hire. And the other murder for hire involved a pill press and 5,000 fake benzodiazepines, which would be like Xanax.
0: <laughs> so people are... If you're in the drug industry and you want somebody dead, all you have to do is make the pill and say, here, take it. <laughs> you don't have to hire somebody.
1: Well, apparently they like to hire somebody because <laughs> I've, done, I've done that twice now. <laughs> wow. But again, different... See the jobs always different.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you want an exciting job, <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty, pretty exciting to me. You, who was who were they trying to get murdered?
1: Um, the doctor wanted to have somebody that had worked for him hired. Okay. And the other guy had wanted to have another drug dealer um, killed. A, t- a that territory o- that owed him money.
0: That owed money. Well, you're not gonna get
1: it if he's dead. <laughs> I figured, I think he thought he wasn't getting it anyway, so he was trying to prove a point.
0: So what funny incidents have you had?
1: Ooh, funny incidents. Let's see. So <laughs> when I came on the job 17 years ago, there were not as many females back then. So I was one of the only female, I was the only female agent in the office that was out in the field. Our other female was one of our pilots. Um, and my partner was a cop that had come on in the 80s so he was a little bit salty and (laughs) (laughs) and very hard and he used to get mad at us all the time for quote-unquote not being prepared and so we were um hiking the back country in new mexico to try to go to a property where the individual had been ordering red phosphorus which is used to manufacture methamphetamine this was back when we still had meth labs here in the states and None of us brought night vision, even though we had it. So we got yelled at from him by about <laughs> that. And I'm new on the job. Mind you, I'm like less than six months on. So <laughs> we're hiking and I slid down the side of a hill and I got cactus in my behind. Oh, no. Which I now don't want to admit to my salty partner because he's already yelled at me today. <laughs> so I'm hiking and trying to pull cactus quills out of my my behind without saying anything. And finally, one of the other guys asks me what I'm doing. So I have to admit that I have a cactus in my behind. <laughs> 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 and, of course, he's like, if you had your night vision on, <laughs> you probably wouldn't have fell down the hill. And I'm like, no, I think I still would have fell down the hill. I just would have been able to see better while I did it.
0: Yeah, see which cactuses. is... <laughs>
1: But I am a better agent today because of my salty original partner who yelled at me a lot. (laughs) Is he retired? He teaches now in Texas at a law enforcement academy. Do we want
0: to say his name?
1: His name is Leroy. 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 (laughs) We want
0: to say hi to Polo too. We know he's listening. Hi, Polo. And we want to say happy birthday to Bill.
1: Yes. His
0: birthday sometime this month.
1: It is. I should remember the day, but I don't. Sorry, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> 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 that's okay i'd remind everybody that this event's going on up in um, scottsdale the desert dog police canine trials it's a unique event it's free you can go up there and uh, spend the day they've got a lot of vendors up there apparently over 200 vendors that can teach you probably those id kits for kids too i think that's really important so go to our website Lawmatters1030.org. On the event page, you'll find the um, flyer for the 18th annual Desert Dog Police Canine Trials. On the DEA page, you'll find resources. If you do have a family member who is uh, addicted and you're trying to help them, there are resources listed there where you can uh, get some help. And on the blog page, there's a um, disclosure there from the IRS. They made uh, an arrest this week. Somebody named Zimmerman wasn't paying their taxes. so, (laughs) and it's tax month. So that that was an interesting case. You should read about that. That's on there. And there's all kinds of information on our blog page. If you just scroll down, you'll see that there's things on there. There's the P3 app is still listed there. This is an app that you can put on your telephone. And if you've got information, you can tell the P3 and the p3 will send it to the agency that it needs to go to and you can stay anonymous and there's also awards available if your your information leads to an arrest you might be contacted to say go to this bank with this code and collect your reward so everybody should have that p3 on their telephone and maya's here maya you have any questions you've got two seconds I'm all good. She's good. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Okay. Until next week, I want everybody to shop local, stay safe, and stay off the drugs.